1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: 1865. The Nottingham Forest Podcast is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merch, and merch. So Check out their range of forest merch by visiting theterracestore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 Match Report. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report. Today it was Nottingham Forest 2, Stoke City 2, but that only really tells half the story. In terms of team news, Forest retained a 3 at the back system, but there was a change in the middle of the park as Ryan Yates was rested for Philip Zinkenagel and to come in with uh, uh, James Garner obviously dropping back into the slightly deeper midfield berth. In a minute we're going to hear from Baz, who's just... Uh, got his hands around a cup of tea to just uh, regain feeling in his extremities. Uh, So while he's doing that, let's hear from our special guest. Uh, Ben is from the Stoke City podcast, the YYY Files, and here were his thoughts on the match.
1: First of all, what a bloody game that was. Uh, If you're a neutral watching that, then fair play, you caught a great one. Um, And from both sets of fans' point of view, uh, I think both could probably say that a draw is a fair result. I'll start with the Stoke point of view, though. I think we can feel aggrieved to have lost in added time, considering that we were a goal up and a man up, and you know, an outfield player in goal too. I, you know, I I feel a bit hard done by in that sense. But you know, Joe Allen gave the ball away on the edge of the area, and we we couldn't keep out the free kick. Um, from our point of view, it it just shows that we can match a team like Forest who are in form, and we may well be sniffing around the playoffs just like you are this season. From Mavara's point of view, though, that's what you guys care about, right? Um, again, you matched up against a Stoke team that was banging form, really, and and again, you matched them. I I thought in the first half, particularly, you were great on the counter attack. You know, Stoke were were I wouldn't say playing like the home team, but certainly had a bit of possession and were getting caught on a break. Keenan Davis, I thought, did an absolute great job on us holding the ball up and releasing others into play. Uh, standout moment from that half I think was probably Brandon Johnson not chipping the goalkeeper um, and and that really should have been 1-0 and the game might have been very different from there um, he came off and Sam Surridge come on and despite perhaps playing a big part in the opening goal I thought you were less effective with him on and Stoke got back into the game clearly um, and considering we hit the post a couple of times it, it's a close shave. And I think from your guys' point of view, it, some some great results in the last few weeks. But, you know, I think from your guys' point of view, it's it's about taking every game as it comes, not getting too complacent. If you guys want to make the playoffs, you know, you've been in a great run of form, but it can clear up at any time. And well, let's see. I think you'll be in and around there. Like I say, two great teams played there today. I think you've got the edge on us on momentum. And of course, the points difference as well. But play about that for the rest of the season, and there's plenty poorer teams in this league than us. So I can see you picking up plenty of points for the rest of the season. Um, Let's see whether it's uh, Stoke versus Paris at the end of the season.
0: Okay, Baz. So we've heard what Ben thought about the match. Um, Now let's go through the match bit by bit, shall we? And then we can get your considered opinion. Um, In the first half, is it fair to say that, that... Forrester hanging on a bit at times. I mean, Stoke did hit the, hit the woodwork quite early on. Yeah. Although it sounded like a bit of a bit of a freaky occurrence. Um, well, yeah, I'd say we, two
2: things happened. So one, like you said, Ryan Yates was rested. I thought I was when I heard the team news. I was like, right, so he's being rested. Why is it Yates that's that's being being taken out and and whatever? Uh, we've had a lot of games, very very quick, and we we're only having one change and is it Ryan Yates really that's yet out of all the players he's the one that seems to have the most energy and during the game itself one Stokes' tactics were basically to press us very very high up the pitch so we had no time on the ball whatsoever and we looked really really tired it was was like we, we just couldn't get hold of the ball we couldn't string two passes together they wouldn't give us any time or space at all And it paid dividends for them. Yes, You say they they hit the bar at least twice in the first half. And every time we tried to do anything, we basically got a yellow
0: card for it. Mm, Yeah, I think that there's a potential talking point. uh, uh, Something that we will almost certainly be coming back to a little (laughs) bit later. Um, I guess Forrest's best chance was uh, when Brennan Johnson kind of put himself in a good position, um, tried to chip it, it... didn't work out, did it?
2: No, and um, yeah, he, he kind of basically hit it straight at the keeper. It was a nice attempt, uh, but it was one of the very few times they, they doubled up on Brennan Johnson. Obviously, mm-hmm. him being a big threat, and they managed to keep
0: Jedward Spence completely out of the game as well. Mm. Do you think that Brennan made the wrong decision with his attempt at a finish, or was it the right thing to try? He just got it wrong. I
2: think he got it wrong. It was it. Yeah, it was the right thing to try, but. Again, it's symptomatic of everything we were trying wasn't working because we didn't really have enough energy in what we were doing. He didn't
0: kick the ball hard enough to chip it. Yeah, Um, Stoke are a team who are in a good run of form, aren't they? And um, they are going through a rebuilding phase. I think it's fair to say that. Uh, Michael O'Neill's been in charge for a good couple of years now. And I think he's finally getting to the point of creating a team that befits what he wants to do. So we've had an injection of youth and everything. But tactically as well, I think tactically he's trying to uh, maximise the potential of his team. He is a tactician. So uh, I think there's a theme, isn't there? The teams who've given us a game and also the ones who've beaten us, if we're thinking about the Cardiff and Middlesbrough match in particular, uh, matches in particular, um, they defeated us by pressing high against us, didn't they? And and putting us under pressure so we couldn't play it out from the back and so on.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, denying us the time to, to get our, our momentum and our rhythm going. And in particular, denying... Well, today it was denying Jed Spence any space on the ball whatsoever. Um, there there was moments throughout the game where Max Lowe was stood in acres of space, but it was, the play was happening on the other side, mm. so he couldn't get into it. And then every time when things were happening on the right, they were just swarming all over us and not giving us any time or space to do anything with it. Mm. Um and then as I say yeah every time we moved forward um something would happen and we'd
0: get a yellow card. Keenan Davis especially. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the second half because it was nil nil at half time, okay? And in the second half, um so the impression I got as somebody who wasn't at the game is that Davis had played well but had a frustrating Frustrating afternoon, he got a yellow card, and um, but it was a tactical sub, I think, wasn't it, to bring on Surridge after 55 minutes? Um, I think, well, yes, I think
2: the frustration and the so Davis's yellow card was deserved because he basically rugby tackled the guy, but he rugby tackled him because he'd had his legs taken out completely like a few minutes before. Um And that was kind of what was happening throughout the game was we were getting frustrated that they were doing stuff to us and then we would retaliate and then we'd get the yellow card for it. um. So I think the tactical change was as much to take some of the sting out of Davis losing his rag mm-hmm. and, and the rest of the team losing their rags a bit. Okay. Um, but, and so that's, I think maybe it was probably a planned change, but not at 55 minutes.
0: OK, but it did pay off pretty quickly, didn't it? Because just a minute or so later, Surridge played a, a peach of a pass. Max Lowe found himself in acres yeah. of space, as you alluded to earlier. Talk us through it.
2: It was. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant here. So uh, Surridge was sort of halfway into there, half right in the centre, received the ball, looks up, plays this beautiful crossfield ball to pick out Lowe in space, Lowe then charges up the line and puts in a perfect cross because he obviously spotted Johnson making the run. One of the few times Johnson escaped his markers, making the run at the far post. And again, Johnson being in the right place at the right time, which is the mark of a very good striker, um, um, puts
0: it in. But brilliant ball by Surridge and another fabulous cross by Max Lowe. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, So do you think we deserve to be a goal up at that point?
2: I think yes yes and no I mean if I think uh, out of the defences ours was much much busier up to that point but you've got to take your chances we made a really good chance and took it whereas Stoke had made a couple of chances and hit the bar so mm. so yeah we deserved it for that reason
0: OK well uh, Stoke did equalise Yep, and it was Josh Madger who was, who was linked with a move to the city ground uh, I think a lone move and I think it was um about a year ago wasn't it mm. and uh, it turned out didn't work out due to medical issues. Now, there's other chances that came and went. And Brie Samba had to make some good saves. And I think um, yeah. the lad from Villa with the incredibly long name. So let me see if I can get this right. philogene um, Badeis, I believe his name Something is. And like I can't that, yeah. remember what his first name is. is it because it
2: or? Yeah,
0: Jaden philogene yeah. Badeis. Which isn't easy to say at the best of times. Um, but he looked like a threat. And, and he brought good saves out of the yeah. keeper.
2: I mean, yeah, Samba did some... Really, really good work. There was one bit where um they they put in I think it was a corner and I thought we'd got it clear and it somehow fell to that that, that lad. Yeah. And, and and he put in and Samba did a proper reflex save to tip it past. Um but there was like three or four saves in very quick succession in that little spell then. Mm. Um importantly, one of those saves Samba then went to get the ball to take the goal kick, and there was a Stoke player on the ground behind him all right uh injured or mm-hmm. something and another yeah, this other Stoke player came and started interfering with the goal kick and Samba had a right go at them the keep the the referee gave it our way. Mm-hmm
0: but Samba was proper yelling at the referee. All right, so this is a pre-incident a, a pre, pre yes. incident moment because, I was about to say, as so often with Samba, you go from the sublime to the ridiculous. Now, we know what the history is here. Over the last few weeks, we've seen things becoming ever... him clo- There's a fine line between genius and insanity. We've seen him move ever closer to the insanity element against Derby. Um, yes, he got that massive bump on the head, And he had every right to be annoyed after that. But I mean, his his Liam Gallagher esque statuesque poses um, when Ravel Morrison was sent off (laughs) was a step too far, I think we all agree. Against Leicester, he got spooked by a pigeon and gave away a goal that could have proven costly. But his teammates kind of, I think he'd acknowledge, his teammates got him out of jail. Um, Today, there was that incident, and then this led to what is the big talking point? So just
2: before that so I was looking at the the bench and saying right what can we do to change this because it's 1-1 and actually this game could be in our grasp we could get three points here and looking at the bench the only options we've got are Ryan Yates and Alex Mighton really to change this turn this around and lo and behold Steve Cooper puts those two on Yates to give us a bit of energy in the middle of the park and Mighton to to play on the wings obviously and crucially
0: crucially, formation wise
2: we went to 4-2-3-1 yeah um, then the Samber incident happened. So. About two
0: minutes later, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, yeah. And and crucially, um, apart from trying to change formation and trying to change things up and then finding yourself on the back foot due to the incident, unusually, it meant that Steve Cooper had used all of his substitutions. Yep. He's usually quite sparing with his subs. And this time, we find ourselves in need of a substitution. But before we get on to that, talk us through the incident.
2: Well, so... I mean, I wasn't really paying attention because it just looked like we've made the save and then everyone's going to run out. And then I look round and everyone's running out of our box. And one of their players gets a bit too close to Samba as he's about to take the goal kick. So he just punches him in the back of the head. That's what it looked like to me. Mm -hmm. Now, others have said it was a shove, but there was a definite swing and the connection was with his head.
0: Yeah, either way... If you swing your arm and you make any connection with the player's head, you know what's going to happen,
2: yeah. don't you? And, and, yeah, so basically, I mean, as soon as he did it, everyone knew he was going off.
0: Yeah, yeah, OK. Now, what was interesting there is um, Joe Worrell... Just recovering from broken ribs. So obviously you go into one of the most physical positions on the park. Um, So he put on the goalie's jersey. A nice little detail which I've noticed is that he took off his captain's armband, put it on again over his goalie's jersey, (laughs) which I have to say... that that, that speaks to the little boy in me playing football on the park. I would have done exactly the same. Um, Um, I just want to add, though, um, no one else has mentioned this, so I don't know if
2: I imagined it or not, but I thought Scott McKenna volunteered to put on the shirt and Joe Worrell took it
0: off him. Oh, yeah, that's interesting, because Steve Cooper and Ryan Yates in the post-match interviews, they were both asked, did you know Joe was going to go in goal? And both of them said, no. (laughs) And like, have you seen him playing goal in training? No. And so this is, again, that thing of, like, maybe the the boyhood fan putting... We saw Steve Chettle do it 20-odd years ago. (laughs) Um, Okay, now, let's be honest. I've not seen it, but by the sounds of it... Even a world class goalkeeper would have struggled to have saved Lewis Baker's well, penalty. Well, uh, that's the other
2: thing, actually. So we knew, we knew immediately that Sambo was going to get sent off, but I hadn't realised it was a penalty. Well, because. Uh, it, he's
0: lamped someone in the box, therefore. Well, I didn't know sense. it was in
2: the box. Uh, I just saw the fist going, I didn't see where he was, and then suddenly it was like dawning on me, what if it was in the box? Oh, right, so it is a penalty.
0: And, and in fairness, Ryan Yates said as well, <laughs> having just come on, he said, well, I, I kind of knew something had happened, but I didn't realise he was going to give a pen. Um, so Lewis Baker who yep. is, you know, he's he's a class player. He's, he's he's had a very odd career, but he's a class player. He can certainly strike a ball well, and he did. He it did. It put,
2: yeah, I mean, it was a hard shot. It was towards the edge of the goal. Um, yeah, a proper keeper wouldn't have been able to save it or would have been done very well to save it. So,
0: yeah, the okay. world didn't. Now, let me just put this to you. At 1-1 with 11 men and that tactical substitution were you expecting Forrest to really push to try and win the match?
2: Yes. I, I was I was thinking, if we make the right subs, when I, mean, I said about mm-hmm. Yates and Mighton, if we
0: make the right subs, we've got three points here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, then, with two minutes to go, plus stoppage time, the keeper sent off, so you've got, you know... It, it's that classic thing, isn't it? You get the defender sticking on the goalkeeper's shirt, and you're thinking, oh, God, they're going to bombard us and everything. Um so at that moment, when Forrest were lining up to restart the match after going 2-1 down with two minutes to go, um, ten men, were you thinking we're going to lose this? To be honest, I was thinking, isn't Samba a prick? <laughs> this is a else. conversation <laughs> we've had many, many times.
2: <laughs> yeah, i turn to the bloke next. I think I've said this to us before in, in our little group as well before, but he's the Robbie Savage of goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah, 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 OK. But, but yeah, I wasn't... I. I I didn't think we'd lost it, but I couldn't see how we'd salvage it either. Do you know, I I, th- I had the, the, the idea this side won't give up, mm-hmm. but not giving up and getting something out of the game are two different things.
0: It's a recurring theme, though, isn't it, this season? Um, team don't give up and they keep going. And crucially, it took all of about two minutes to get back into it. Yeah, yeah. So what happened? So uh, one of their players gives away
2: foul... Um, Sort of just outside to great box. cheers
0: from the uh, well, yes. home fans. Yes. Yeah,
2: it was it was quite unusual for them to, for us to win a, a free kick like that. Um, Jimmy Garner steps up, places it across, fly lofted cross over the box. Um, maybe McKenna, one of our players, gets ahead to it, mm-hmm. knocks it down to Yates, who, who bundles it in, and it is
0: it's a proper like. Did it hit Did it hit the woodwork on the on the way back to? McKenna? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah so gone we know he takes a good free kick, thank heavens for that. And then uh, yeah, and and fortunately to make a change, Ryan Yates in the box actually.
2: <laughs> well, and- actually, there's a few a, a few other points. So they not the referee announced seven minutes of stoppage time, mm-hmm. which um, as he announced it <laughs> it was like oh god we're gonna get we're with Joe Worrell in goal. That's it. We're we're gonna lose four four or five here. Mm-hmm. Um, Then obviously Yates bundles the ball in, and we're like, actually, we've got a chance to get the three points again. (laughs) Then this lad walks
0: on, runs onto the pitch, um, goes up. I think he hugs Jed Spence. Right. So someone from the crowd, bearing in mind what we saw just a week ago, someone in the crowd thought, you know what I'm going to do? And there'll be no consequence whatsoever. I'm going to run onto the pitch and approach the players. All I'll say to that is cocaine is a very powerful drug. (laughs) Who'd have thunk it? (laughs)
2: But um, yeah, so he he basically and for for our older listeners imagine the Benny Hill music (laughs) because he basically ran the stewards ragged so at the very start of his little escapade, he was doing it to cheers and then after about a minute it turned to booze because Mm. suddenly we realised that either this is going to add tonnes and tonnes of injury time onto the end of it, meaning we're going to lose this this point we've just got or it's going to eat into all our injury time so we're not going to have a chance to do anything Mm. and as it turns out as far as I could tell, the referee blew after four minutes anyway. <laughs> so
0: it ended two all. Just briefly, actually, would you have took that before the match against a Stoke team like this? I'll take that no. as a no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, only because we're at home. Yeah. If
0: it, yeah. Okay, but you definitely would have took it given the circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, if you took, we've already discussed that Forrest looked tired and Steve Cooper said, yeah, three games in a week, they look tired. Um, Now, what I'd like to talk about is that Brennan came closest in the first half. He got the goal. He had basically that chance and he took it well. Do you think that with him and Davis and Surridge, actually, we're not missing Graben as much as we feared, are we?
2: No, I think um, it's the first time I've seen Surridge and I was quite impressed, obviously, the the move he did for the goal. But also, he's like... um, to be honest, he reminded me a bit of Lyle Taylor. <laughs> he's all like um, arms and legs flailing about in the box. but I He could also a... remind me of Gareth Taylor, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. But, uh, yeah, um, because he's so big, I think it's, it's, people don't know how to handle him and what to do about him. So mm-hmm. I think Andy's quite mobile as well, which is probably unlike Lyle Taylor. Um, so I, I think he's a very good addition to the squad. So I think, yeah, with those those three... We'd, yeah, it's not like we're on the Lamushi where we relied on grabbing as our only outlet. We've got we've got options there now.
0: Mm, yeah, and and it seems as though Brennan is kind of he's realizing that he has to step up as well as the finisher because he's the one now who's getting into the six yard box or, I mean, he's always made those late runs, but but now he's he he played most of the season almost as a as a, as a winger, but with the formation where you have. Zinkenagel as a kind of a number ten or maybe even a false nine, and then you've got Davis and Johnson. With Graben being out, it means that uh, I think Brennan is coming inside a bit more, don't you think?
2: It's it's almost the the old fashioned big man little man combination, mm-hmm. where where yeah we've got we've got a big guy who sort of holds the ball up or makes the space, and then Johnson runs into it
0: just a very brief word about keenan davis i'm sure we'll talk about this uh, maybe in our next monthly pod- podcast but um in our whatsapp group we were saying as well that actually we'd made jokes about Adabola. actually keenan davis could actually be a bit more like kevin campbell couldn't yeah, it, in kevin terms of campbell. strength pace the ability to finish and technique with
2: with his feet um, mm-hmm. he looks a bit ungainly whereas kevin campbell never did kevin campbell looked really really skillful but but he gets the same results. He can knock the ball between both his feet when he's under pressure mm-hmm. and then come out with it at the end of it.
0: Yeah, cool. All right, so um, just to finish off with, let's, we've alluded to it a few times. Let's talk about the referee. Um, what I would say is uh, in our WhatsApp group, Adam and Tom have both said the referee was absolutely dying to give a red card. Now, Samba didn't give him any choice, but the referee was dying to send someone off. Um Tom was saying he he booked two of our players before he even spoke to any of theirs. There was a statistic in there about the number of cards that uh, that the um that the referees given he gives out more cards than paper chase so um let's just talk about this and did it influence the outcome um The
2: way he doled out cards was unfair to us. It seemed like they could do what they wanted, and anytime we did anything we got a card for it.
0: Mm.
2: And I don't know why that was, whether it was maybe Davis being a big physical lad has a bit of a reputation. Maybe Johnson, because he gets knocked over all the time, he has a bit of a reputation. Maybe Colback because he's ginger, has a reputation. All these things probably add up. And for some reason, they like one of their players took both Davis's legs out and And got nothing for it and then that's what led to Davis's Mm. yellow cards
0: afterwards. So okay, again for older listeners, this seems to me to have in this particular game, seems to have shades of all of those matches in the early nineties when opponents would kick Nigel Clough off off the park and then when someone else kind of put a reducer in, they'd get a booking. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and I think part of Part of it was Stoke played for it. As I said, they played this really, really high press. They played a very, very tight marking on us as soon as we got the ball. And I think we got frustrated with it. So, I mean, arguably, I think none of the bookings necessarily could you could complain about. They, they were all possibly bookings. Like You wouldn't be surprised if they'd been given. The the. the frustrating thing was Stoke were doing the same things to us
0: and they were they weren't even getting free kicks for it so again it's not about competence it's about consistency yeah okay and um, the other thing that comes to my mind and I think um, I believe that Steve Hodge might have talked about this on the radio as well Steve Cooper's dad was a top class referee so I think that Cooper has done a good job of getting Forrest playing more streetwise in terms of doing tactical fouls and so on Um, You know, we're not pushovers in that sense. But I also suspect that he's very much aware from his dad of knowing how difficult a job referees have. And therefore, I suspect that he's going to be as close as anyone to the old Brian Clough mantra of you respect the referee, you don't give them trouble. Well, you see, I thought there, there were
2: times earlier in the season where I thought he was running quite quite. Close to the wind is that the phrase? Mm. With with some of his comments about referees. Remember when Johnson was getting his legs taken out in yeah. the penalty box and stuff like that, and and he was rightly complaining
0: about it. But I was quite surprised he was complaining about it in that way. And well, he's, he was in, he was complaining he was, about it. he given politicians answers. Once he? He said, "If I say anything about referees, I'm going to get in trouble." So
2: yeah, <laughs> but but now he's not, he's deliberately not. I think he's he's changed his tactic a little bit. There, he's not talking about it. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to the fact that, yeah, the quality of refereeing in the Championship isn't as high as we'd like it to be.
0: Hmm. yeah, OK. Um, all right, well, thank you very much to Baz for your views here. Thank you very much to Ben from the Stoke podcast, the YYY Files. And thank you to you, listener, for joining us today. Uh, we just have a last word for Brice Samba.
1: You dozy little
0: twonk, Rodney.